to live prayer. I am Bill Keller. Good to be with you on this Monday evening. I pray you had a wonderful weekend, a good start to your week, and it's good to be back together with you once again. If you're new to the program, you're watching live prayer. We come to you live in living color every Monday through Friday, 11 to midnight Eastern Standard Time, wherever you're watching me tonight throughout this great land of ours, from sea to shining sea, and from border to border. Thank you for tuning in. Friends and other far-off great lands, welcome to you as well. Once again, I'm Bill Keller, founder of LivePrayer.com, world's largest interactive Christian website. Reach a little over two and a half million folks each and every day via the internet. Please check us out online, web address coming up on your screen, LivePrayer.com, LivePrayer.com. So, I pray you had a good weekend. I pray you got to church, had a chance to unwind, relax a little bit. Maybe eat some good food, do something you enjoyed. Uh, but we've got a new week started. And all the holidays are now officially behind us. We don't have any more vestiges of the holidays to keep us, you know, kind of comfortable. I mean, it is now we put our nose to the, to the grindstone, roll up our sleeves, and we start cranking these days out, these weeks out, these months out on one of the most important years in the history of this nation. Amen. And do I have a huge program for you tonight? Um, This is one of those elephant nights. And for our friends who have been around for a while, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So we're going to get through as much as possible tonight. But we've got some powerful information for you tonight. And if this is going to be any indication of what the rest of the year is going to be like, uh, you might want to take like a maybe 15-minute power nap right before we come on every night because uh, you're going to need it, all right? Four things I ask you to do for me each night on the program. First, pray for me and the program. I appreciate your prayers more than anything. Second, of course, is share the daily devotional with people you know. Encourage them to sign up. It's free. Just go to my homepage, upper right-hand corner. Click on the sign-up link. couple pieces of basic information. They'll be all ready to go. The devotional start coming in their email uh, within a day or two, just like a clock, seven days a week, 365 days a year, free like everything at Live Prayer. It will be a blessing to them. Tell them to check it out. Of course, this program, this is something you're going to want to stay locked to this entire year. And again, I understand there's going to be nights you may not be able to watch it live uh, if that's your normal routine anyway. But don't forget, you can watch it on demand. Anytime at your convenience. Uh, so uh, this is this is must-see TV all year, all right? You need to know what's going on. And also, don't forget, we do have the program, now the audio, in podcast form. It's usually up on the podcast platforms about two hours or so after we're off the air each night. You can find us on Spotify and Apple iTunes, the two biggest platforms for podcasts. Uh, so you can listen to the content that way, whatever's easiest for you. Last, of course, if this ministry has been a blessing to you, 
please pray about supporting us. We don't sell things. We're not in the uh, tour business, the, the, the uh, uh, conference business. Don't sell books or tapes or trinkets. Don't, don't, don't do advertising. We, and, and you know why? Because, listen, once you start doing dealing with advertisers, it's inevitable you're going to get a phone call and say, Bill, we kind of like you. We like our relationship, but we don't want you talking about this or we don't agree with it. Listen, I have probably lost more donors over the last 25 years that we've been online, 21 years almost now we've been on TV, than you can imagine for that very reason. I refuse to compromise the truth of God's word. I understand some topics make people feel uncomfortable. And I've had, I've had the phone calls, the, the, the emails. Bill, we, you know, we, 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 we don't like you talking about this issue. And, you know, if you continue, we just can't support you anymore. Okay. Because if God wants me to talk about something, I'm going to talk about it. And I'm not going to be kowtowed by, by uh, donors. I'm going to be kowtowed by advertisers, that's for sure. Uh, but uh, we're only here, and we've only been, I've been doing this 30 years now, okay? Obviously, something, you know, God's been watching over us. <laughs> we've been around that long, going on 25 years now online, 21 years this March on TV. And it's all been possible because of the prayers and the sacrificial gifts of friends like you. Please pray, because listen, this is going to be a tough year. And I need your support this year more than you can ever imagine because we're going to be under the gun all year. Just, I cannot say much more than this, but just know that this program is always under attack because I refuse to back down. And I talk about things openly and honestly that there's a lot of people don't want out there in the public domain. And because we've been around so long, because we have a brand so many people know, um, you know, they, they, they want to silence. They want to silence people that don't stick with the quote-unquote narrative, right? So uh, your prayers and your support mean more than you ever know. To help me, uh, you know, pray about a monthly gift, whatever's best for you, whatever's easiest for you. Um, I don't play games, as you know, with the, with, with, with the money thing. I don't give love gifts. I don't bribe people. Well, if you send me a gift this month, you'll get this tassel from the from the uh, hair of Jesus or some whatever they hustle each month uh, but you can go to my homepage up right hand corner there's a donation link gives you our address in St. Petersburg Florida if you want to send us a check also a link for our credit card portal if that's more convenient and at the credit card portal there is an option to to make your gift reoccurring so it will hit once a month so whatever whatever God leads you to do just pray Let's pray now. Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for really the beginning of this year that we're ready to embark on together. We've been through a lot over these last 25 years online, 21 years on TV, you know, so much. Just in recent years, we walked through the pandemic together as it hit in late January of 2020. We went through the whole issue with the vaccines along with everything else, a stolen election. A, a, a Pelosi federal government operation that we know as January 6th. We've been living now through three years of the corrupt and illegitimate Biden regime run by Barack Hussein Obama, Barry Sotero himself. 
But we've been walking these days and weeks and months, Lord, with your help and your guidance. And I know you'll watch with us through this year. Bless my friends tonight. I pray tonight that you'll meet their every need. Whatever situations they're facing, circumstances they're dealing with, meet those needs, Lord. I thank you for the day. We've enjoyed the blessings throughout. Now we commit this hour to you. Use it for your glory. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. All right. Let's, uh, let me... Let me start tonight real quick with just a couple quick hits, and then I've got a lot of big issues to talk to you about. Uh, do you remember when the Biden regime first took office, there was a move in the military to basically purge the military of white Christian males who refused to be vaccinated? Remember, that was one thing. And of course, the assumption was white Christian males probably voted for Donald Trump. That was the whole uh, whole purpose of the purge. And the excuse was tagging on to the January 6th lie that these represented extremists within our ranks. Well, they came out with a report over la uh, late last week that totally rebuked this entire fairy tale that there were extremists within the ranks of the military. That was a lie. Huh, imagine that. A lie for the Biden administration. What I'll, t I'll tell you what would be more amazing if they ever told the truth about anything. But the whole lie about extremism in the military, that has now totally been debunked by an internal report on the issue, okay? Hi, Governor Mike DeWine. If you remember a couple weeks ago, he actually vetoed a bill that would have prohibited child mutilation surgery, would have prohibited children from taking puberty blockers and those type of uh, medications. And also, uh, he, he vetoed a bill that would have stopped biological males from competing against women in sports. Well, he backed off a little bit. He has agreed to ban the trans surgeries for children. Hasn't backed off the puberty blockers. Of course, don't forget, uh, we found out in the aftermath of his veto that his campaign got some nice chunks of money from, guess who? Big Pharma! So for right now, uh, he still hasn't uh, banned biological males from competing with biological women in sports, and he still hasn't banned the puberty blockers, but at least he has shut down the, the grotesque uh, mutilation surgery of little children. So that's an update on that. Uh, prior to COVID, again, COVID hit in uh, late January, around January 20th of 2020. That's when we first started to deal with the issue on this program. And in the towards the end of 2019, for those who were with us, we were dealing uh, a lot with the whole euthanasia issue, doctor-assisted suicide. You were getting a lot of states starting to legalize it, like Oregon and Washington State and Vermont. And there's a whole host of states that were in the process. Uh, a lot of that kind of got put to the side when COVID hit, but no doubt it's coming back. Vermont, where euthanasia is legal, uh, they had a, a woman from another state. She became the first 
non-Vermont resident that actually went to Vermont just so she could kill herself legally. Um, listen, I've been, again, for, for those lifetimers or people have been around for a long time, I have been talking about this issue for so long because, number one, it's been going on in Europe probably for the last 15 years or so, a little more than that. And like I've always told you, whatever started in Europe, it's coming here. And I've always told you, when you're killing uh, at a clip of somewhere in the neighborhood of 4,000 innocent babies every single day, day after day after day, right? Uh, you've lost all feeling. You've lost all uh, understanding of how precious life is. So, I mean, once you're killing babies, I mean, it's not a big jump to start killing old people. And then once you start killing old people and everybody gets used to that, when that becomes kind of normative, people, I mean, listen, this audience probably as much as any audience in the country understands the abortion issue and the horrors and the evil and all that. But I gotta be honest with you, and I'm not, I'm not trying to guilt trip anybody. I'm just being honest. The majority of the people in this audience probably don't really think about the abortion issue that much, unless you're in a pro-life ministry or something like that. But you might go four, five, six days, never even think about abortion. And again, this isn't to, I'm not you know, saying anything negative because people have lives and stuff. I'm just making a point that in the five days you didn't think about, that's another 20,000 some innocent babies that were slaughtered. Just making a point that we become numb to it. And because we're so numb to killing babies, I mean, the next step is, okay, let's start killing the old people. And eventually we'll become numb to that. And then where do we go? Well, you know, Johnny, he's uh, got all these problems. and Or, or, or little Julie, you know, she's, she, you know, she was born with some mental issues and stuff. And I'm just saying. Once you start killing people, taking human life, you know, it's just a, it's just a slippery slope. Uh, Disney has doubled down on their wokeness, which is, as we talked in the last year or so, translated into brokenness. Worst couple years ever in the history of Disney as far as their movies go, as far as their theme parks go. They've got some real financial issues. Yet, they haven't learned a lesson. They went out and hired a... Now, they own the Star, Star Wars uh, property, okay? They own that whole property, the whole Star Wars movie property. That Disney owns it. And I guess they're getting ready to do another one because that's all these theaters don't know how to do it. Sequels, that's all they know how to do. They can't come up with unique movies anymore. But they went out and hired this radical feminist to direct the next Star Wars. And she's promised to, 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 to make this probably as woke as woke can get. And here's one of her famous quotes. I like to make men uncomfortable. I mean, you know, you're not going to make men uncomfortable. You're going to make men who are the primary people who paid to see Star Wars, I guarantee you, never researched the demographics, I, my guess is it's probably 70, 30, and maybe even more than that. So go ahead and make men uncomfortable. They'll stay home, and the whole thing will just be a flop. Be another couple hundred million down the toilet for Disney. 
They never lose. They never learn. Now listen, here's something you need to be praying about. This is like, uh, you know, if I had a red light going, there, there should be a red light going right now. Steve Scullies, who almost lost his life uh, when the deranged uh, uh, Maddow fan went to that baseball field and tried to kill all the Republicans on the baseball field, Scalise almost died from that. He was, uh, uh, they, his doctors told him, diagnosed him last year with cancer. Now, he's going to be out for the next month for cancer treatment. Okay. Now, that in and of itself is something to pray about. Pray for Scalise. He's from New, he's from Louisiana. He's a fairly decent guy. He's kind of in the, he was, of course, part of McCarthy's uh, team. And now he's kind of part of Johnson's leadership team. Uh, so he's kind of got that establishment twinge to him, but he's not a bad guy. But here's the other thing you need to hear about. Once he goes out for a month, that that's going to leave the, Re the Republicans with a one-seat majority. One seat. And here's the problem. If, uh, say, I'm just being up, somebody dies. Or somebody quits. Don't forget, McCarthy, that nasty guy, could have hung on to his seat till the end of the term. But no, he quit like almost immediately. So that took our slim majority down by one. Then we had uh, a guy from Ohio that just resigned so he can become the president of Youngstown State University. And now you got Scalise that's going to be out for a month for cancer treatment. I mean, somebody, another Republican resigns or something like that. We're going to be at a place where it's going to be an even shot. And because the Democrats control uh, the Senate, Hakeem Jeffries becomes the Speaker of the House. And the first thing he will do, all investigations get shut down. All the impeachment proceedings against Biden and Mayorka shut down. And the Democrats take back control of the House. You know, one of the dumbest things these people did that, um, I, you know, I've got so many other things in my head right now. That George, uh, the, 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 the crazy guy from New York that lied about everything, he's got indicted. Okay, fine, he's indicted. But they made him quit. They actually voted him out. That's the stupidest thing they could have done. They, the, 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 number one, he voted with the America First people 100% of the time, so he has a solid vote on all of the issues that concern the uh, MAGA movement. But they, you know, they're, they're just short-sighted fools. And they literally voted him out of the conference which took us down a seat. And then, like I said, McCarthy, out of spite, quit, like immediately quit. Okay? Then you got the guy in Ohio that's quit to take over Youngstown State. Now, McCarthy, at some point, there will be a uh, there'll be a, a, a special election for his seat. He's in Bakersfield. Hopefully, that'll be a Republican will win that seat back. That'll help. The guy in Ohio is from a fairly safe Republican district, so they'll have, but they'll have to have a special election at some point. 
But until all these things happen, the Republicans are hanging on by a thread by one vote. One vote. Which also tells me anything they want to do isn't going to get done because there's always going to be one person out there that's going to, you know, put a fly in the ointment. Just, I mean, they are just so short-sighted. You notice how they're, don't forget this. When the, when the Democrats did all their damage the last couple of years before the 2022 midterms, when the Republicans took over, Pelosi only had a three-seat majority. But you know what? She didn't need any more because her people stand up, stand in line, and don't move and don't get out of line. I mean, she had an ironclad, you know, she is an evil woman. I wouldn't want to be her standing before God when that day comes. But, you know, you got to give her credit. You know, as far as pure political power, she knew how to wield it. And the Republicans, they they hurt themselves. All right, let me talk to you about the airline industry. Now, there's been a lot of, of course, media over the weekend about this Boeing Max 9 Alaskan Airlines that was flying about 25,000 feet when the emergency door literally blew off in midair. By the grace of God, there were no passengers in those two seats. If, you know, Wherever there's the emergency door, you know, there's usually a a, a space where you would have a seat, but there's no seat, right? Then you got two seats, right? Those two seats, by the grace of God, were empty. Because had those seats had people in them, especially if they didn't have their seatbelt on, they might have got sucked right out. Now, thankfully, again, by the grace of God, the pilot was able to make an emergency landing and nobody was injured. But this Max 9, it was a brand new plane. It had just gone into service like within the last couple months. Currently, the only American airlines that are flying these Max 9s are Alaskan Air and United. Of course, their entire fleet of Max 9s were immediately grounded, which has caused all kinds of chaos because they've had thousands of canceled flights between those two airlines over the last five days. But uh, And apparently they did find the door. They found the door. And from what I've heard so far, they haven't you know, finished the investigation, but it looks like there were some bolts that weren't properly fastened. So, I mean, how does this happen? I mean, only God kept that from being a nightmare, a nightmare. Now, staying with the airline industry, And I'm not trying to scare anybody. But think about this with me for a second. You know how every agency in the government is, you know, gone, quote, unquote, and they're all into this DEI, this diversity, equity, inclusion, all that stuff, which basically trumps meritocracy for people because of the color of their skin or their sexual orientation, okay? That's how, you know, that gay woman became president of Harvard. What because of because of merit? Because of the whole DEI nonsense, right? Now, who is the Secretary of Transportation, which of course the airlines come under that bailiwick? Oh yeah, that would be Mayor Petey Butt Edge Edge. Now, 
I've been trying all weekend, and I know there's some other people trying all weekend to get an answer. We can't get an answer. But because every agency of the federal government, which I'm sure includes the Department of Transportation, has been basically pushing this whole DEI nonsense, okay, stay with me now. The question people are now starting to ask and pushing hard for an answer. When you get on an airplane to take a flight, and you've got the captain there, you know, usually, you know, there's a captain, you stay in the doorway, maybe the co-pilot, right? Are those, are, are those captains, the guys flying the plane, are those co-pilots, the guys helping to fly the plane? Have they been hired because of their qualifications? Because of their merit? Or were they hired because of the color of their skin or their sex or their sexual orientation? Just a question, but you know what? When you're putting your life in the hands of somebody, I think it's a question we deserve an answer to. Are the people flying commercial airlines in the United States flying those planes because they're the most qualified? Or because they happen to check some boxes. Just a question. I think a very legitimate question. Especially because we know how much this government loves all that diversity and all that nonsense, right? And as of right now, there, there are no answers. But whatever... And I know there's been a bunch of people in contact with whichever oversight committee in Congress handles the uh, Department of Transportation. It's a, it's, it's a question that must be asked because of the track record of this woke government we've got right now. And you couldn't have a more woke secretary running this, this uh, department than Mayor Pete Buttigieg, Edge, Right. The guy took, what, a three-month vacation for uh, paternity leave or something? Are the people flying our planes when you get on your Delta flight, when you get on your American Airlines flight, when you get on your Southwest flight, when you get on your JetBlue flight, is that captain there because he's the most qualified to fly that plane? Or is he just there because he checks a bunch of boxes? I'll keep you posted. I'm, I'm not the only one to ask these questions, but in the light of what happened with this Alaska, it has started people asking some very legitimate questions. Now we get to this whole issue, this bizarre issue of Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. Apparently, back in late December, he went in to have some sort of elective surgery. Apparently, he was in, out, same day. Nobody knows what that elective surgery is. Now, the speculation, and I, and I highlight that word, the speculation is he went in for that lap band surgery because he's very grossly overweight. What a representative of our, of our military. 
just grossly overweight human being. Um, and again, the speculation is that was his elective surgery, that lap band surgery that people that are very heavy get. Apparently on December 31st, uh, he had a medical emergency and was taken by ambulance and to the Walter Reed Medical Center and put in the ICU. Here's the, here's the problem, though. Nobody knew it for five days. Nobody knew it for five days. He didn't tell anybody. His... His top aide, the number two, she was on some vacay in uh, Puerto Rico. Apparently, he didn't tell her either. He didn't tell uh, National Security uh, Jake Sullivan. Didn't tell Secretary of State Blinken. Didn't tell President Joe Biden, though Joe Biden wouldn't remember it if he did either. Anyway. And Austin is still in the hospital as we speak. Now, can I tell you this? So you understand something? What he did was he broke the law. There is a chain of command. There is a whole system set up. Don't forget Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense. He's in that chain, that chain that's involved with the nuclear codes. We still don't know if he even told people about his elective surgery near the end of December. Because if it was that lap band surgery, he was put under. Number one, he, he broke the law. Now, I can tell you this. I would, I would bet you five Chicago hot dogs I wouldn't even think twice about it. That the Chinese knew. I would bet you five hot dogs wouldn't even think twice about that Putin knew. But our people didn't know. I mean, they've turned this military into an absolute joke. Now, don't forget that, that this is why it's not, this is not a game. Don't forget, we've got U.S. troops that are under attack daily in the Middle East at our bases in, in, in Iraq. We got ships in the, in, in the Red Sea that are being fired on by the Houthis all the time. You've got the whole situation in Ukraine that's ongoing. You've got the war in Israel ongoing. And here's the Secretary of Defense in the hospital, in ICU, and nobody knows it. And I'm going to be honest with you. Jake Sullivan, the National Security Advisor, he should be fired immediately. Well, why should he be fired? Because the whole chain broke down. 
Blinken should be fired too. But as of tonight, from what I understand, Biden is already on record that he's not going to fire him. He broke the law. Remember last week, we got in this whole thing last week about how nobody is ever held accountable. Don't forget Austin was right involved up to his eyeballs in the whole Afghanistan withdrawal. Out of honor, he should have withdrew. He should have uh, resigned after those 13 brave soldiers died. Unbelievable. An, abs an absolute joke. And that's not an understatement either. And then you got, you want to hear how weak Biden is? You got the Me Mexican president tonight who gave Biden a list of demands. Don't forget we sent Sullivan and Blinken, those two bureaucratic idiots, down there to beg Mexico to, you know, kind of help with the border because it looks bad and it's hurting Joe's chance to get reelected, right? I mean, the Mexican president smells blood in the water. He said, he said, okay, I'll help you. But you have to legalize 10 million of those illegals. You have to give them legal status. And you need to send 20 billion to Latin America. Now, don't forget, Trump got Mexico's to do whatever he wanted on the border for nothing. Zero. 28,000 troops to stop anybody from even coming into Mexico. Remain in Mexico. Catch and release back to Mexico. They agreed to all that for nothing. To help Joe with the border, which I don't think they would help him anyway, even cases. They want $20 billion and they want us to legalize 10 million of these illegals in the country. I mean, you want to talk about weakness? Don't forget this too. Don't forget this too. One of the one of the guys Hunter Biden was trying to shake down when his daddy was vice president was a Mexican man by the name of Carlos Slim. Carlos Slim is the richest man in Mexico, worth billions. Uh, he owns a portion of the New York Times. And Hunter was down there trying to cut some kind of deal. There's pictures of Hunter with Carlos Slim. Carlos Slim apparently had... Uh, some kind of meeting with Biden himself. There's a picture of Biden and Carlos. So the Mexican president, he's known the Biden family's corrupt all along anyway. It, it, if, if, if he caves on this, Congress has got to stop this. And, and, and then over the weekend... I didn't even put this on my notes tonight because I was going to deal with it later because I've got so much, but i got to get it off my chest. Mikey Johnson, our big speaker of the house, love the fact he's a Christian, has a Christian worldview and all that. He sat down over the weekend, cut a deal with Schumer and the White House on the debt ceiling so the country didn't have to shut down. We got nothing. Got no cuts at all. Got nothing for the board. Got nothing. Got no concessions. Got nothing. Zero, zero. 
And then you got, and then you got the uh, mayor of uh, Chicago. Apparently, he was able to uh, figure out they have ninety-five million in unspent COVID funds, and he announced over the weekend he's going to use those that ninety-five million of unspent COVID funds to uh, help fund the illegals in Chicago. Uh, do you know how happy that made the people of Chicago? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And then we have the truth that everybody knew that the, the, the worst kept secret in the world has finally been exposed to the light of day. They aren't even hiding anymore. Barack Hussein Obama, a.k.a. Barry Sotero, he had a big leak to the Washington Post and NBC News that he and Joe had lunch a couple weekends ago. And he laid it on the line to Joe. He told Joe he was upset, that Joe was going to lose, that he's underestimating Trump, that Trump's going to pound him, that Biden needs to get some better advisors. He went off, he went off on Biden. And then you had, not by accident, on some podcast I never heard of, Michelle Obama this morning talking about the same thing. How she's so afraid for her country. She wakes up every night worried about her country because, you know, what if Donald Trump becomes president again? So the Obamas aren't even hiding anymore. Not like anybody in this audience didn't know because I told you six months before that they stole the 2020 election. If God allowed Biden to take the presidency... It wouldn't be Biden run the country, it'd be Obama. And he's out there leaking his displeasure to the Washington Post and NBC News and how how he's very uh, worried that Joe Biden's not going to be able to win the election. This, this is going to be a phenomenal year, folks. Listen, listen. Remember what God told me seven, eight months ago? Fear not. Going to work all things out. But, you know, it's going to be fascinating to watch all this unfold because you got some real problems in the, in the democratic world. And then Biden's at Mother Emanuel Church, AME Church. Now, this is in Charleston, South Carolina. This is the place where in 2015 you had that mentally ill guy, Dylan Roof, went into that Bible study and just killed nine uh, black parishioners point blank range. Remember that? Mentally ill, on the FBI radar, by the way, like all these people, as we find out, were. Uh, and in the middle of his, you know, talk to the church, he was getting heckled by pro Hamas people. And of course, they got them out real quick. But you see, this was one of the few times that Joe was in a public setting where his people didn't have total control of the crowd. This is why they cannot let him go to public. If he went into a public event where they weren't able to like totally vet the crowd, he would never get a word out. Because in the middle of his talk, they came up, they started heckling about Hamas and you know how Hamas is being uh, the atrocities by the Israelis and you know, they were ripping him for that. And he just stood there with like, like with his eyes wide open. He didn't know what to do. And, of course, eventually security got these people out of there. But this is why they can't put Joe in public. 
Anytime you see Joe in a public setting, it's always in a very controlled environment where they've controlled who's there because they can't afford to put him in the public. And, of course, all he did today was fear-monger. Of course, he had his fair share of lies, talked how he spent a lot of his childhood in the AME Church in Delaware, which is a total lie. Talked about his role in the Civil Rights Movement. He had no role in the Civil Rights Movement. Matter of fact, quite the opposite. All of his buddies in Congress, when he got into the Senate, were some of the worst segregationists. Strom Thurmond, Robert KKK Byrd. I mean, these were Biden's buddies. And, of course, we've all heard the things he says about black. Well, if, 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 if they're going to vote for Trump, then they are black. And during the, uh, during the uh, Obama campaign, when he was vice president at some speech, you know, uh, we're going to put you all back in chains. I mean, the, I mean his, there's a whole hit list of his racist things. But today is just more fear-mongering. More, uh, more uh, talk about white supremacy. Donald Trump, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. See, that's all they got, though. They have got nothing else. He's got no. He does not have a record he can run on. And by the way, I thought it was so disgusting on last Friday when he was giving his uh, Valley Forge George Washington speech, which again was nothing but just pure. Fear-mongering, uh, ripping Trump, ripping half the country, right? And he was bragging about how the total number of years uh, the J6ers have got so far is 840 years, 842 years in prison, okay? Don't forget, 95% of those people were charged with misdemeanors. But you know what? I came up with a, with, 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 with a, with a pretty good chart. Listen, listen to this. This is the comparison between the 500 plus BLM riots from 2020 and January 6th. Okay? The BLM riots last seven, seven months. January 6th, two and a half hours. BLM riots, 20 murders. January 6th, four murders. All four were Trump supporters. BLM, BLM riots, hundreds of small business destroyed. January 6th, no small businesses destroyed. BLM riots, 150 federal buildings were damaged throughout those seven months. January 6th, one federal building was damaged. Cost of the damages, between one and two billion dollars. January 6th, one and a half million dollars. The BLM rights, 2,037 officers were assaulted and injured. January 6th, 140 officers were assaulted. BLM rights, protesters were bailed out. Don't forget, Kamala Harris put a link up on her Twitter account for people to join in her effort to bail these people out. January 6th, no bond, solitary confinement. The BLM riots were encouraged by the media and the politicians. January 6th, they were encouraged by what were called 
fringe political groups and agitators. BLM rights, downplayed by the media, actually proclaimed as a good thing. For January 6th, the media, all the media has done is lie, 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 and lie. Um, by the way, don't forget what I told you, that in the aftermath of the Antifa BLM riots in D.C., they sued the D.C. Police Department and got millions of dollars in damages for police brutality. Of course, the January Sixers, 95 plus percent were nonviolent. They got their lives destroyed. By the way, Groves, Graves, the D.C. U.S. Attorney, he spent an hour on Friday in a press conference, basically reliving the whole January 6th narrative right from the January 6th committee. And basically, you want to talk about election interference, don't forget, at some point, they're going to try Donald Trump in that city. What a great way to taint the jury pool. And he promised he was going to arrest at least a thousand more who never went inside the Capitol. Never went inside the Capitol. But they they were trespassing, and they will pay the price. Now, I got to tell you something. Remember what I've always told you? These people always overreach. They never know when to stop. Never know when to stop. And my guess is, my guess is, at some point, even these corrupt D.C. federal judges have got to, like, say, draw a line at some point. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. I know they're going to arrest them. We'll see what happens once they do for just trespassing. And, I've, and, and like I've told you, I think between the Ashley Babbitt uh, wrongful death lawsuit, by the way, Judicial Watch, Tom Fitton, good guy, good organization, they are uh, leading this uh, lawsuit against the government on behalf of Ashley Babbitt's husband and family and estate, and they're suing the government for $30 million for wrongful death. Now, I I pray that this will at least be some justice for Ashley, but let me tell you what what, what the what, what, what the what the stakes are. If the government doesn't just capitulate and settle. And I'm going to be interested to see if Tom Fitton will even agree to settle. I really am. Because I know what Tom wants. Tom wants this to be a complete, you know, picture of what really happened on January 6th. And this lawsuit gives him that opportunity. It's a chance to set the record straight on what January 6th really was to destroy the false narrative that's been out there for three years and give the give the public the real picture of what January 6th was. Because don't forget, if this lawsuit actually goes forward, Michael Leroy Bird, her executor, he's going to be on the stand. I mean, it's going to open the whole January 6th narrative wide open, and it's going to be destroyed. 
Now, that would be real justice. If the Babbitt family got some money, plus it ended up blowing the whole January 6th narrative wide open. That's why I say my guess is, as much as they're going to hate doing it, I think the government's going to try to try to settle this because they can't afford to go to court. That's why this this uh, case against Trump is so stupid. Like I've told you many times, it gives him a form to basically, for the first time, lay out what January 6th was as far as Pelosi's involvement, McConnell's involvement, the Capitol Police involvement, the police brutality. By the way, I did see right before my program tonight, there's a, there's a civil lawsuit by a bunch of the January, by a bunch of the uh, people that were at the Capitol on January 6th for police brutality. Don't forget, two of the people that died were elderly men, elderly Trump supporters who were hit with these flashbangs and these other munitions that caused them both to have a heart attack and die. And then, of course, you had Roseanne Boylan who was thrown down the steps and then beaten to death by two sadistic black Capitol cops, black women cops, by the way. And, of course, Ashley Babbitt executed by Michael Leroy Byrd. So between that lawsuit against the cops for brutality, which is kind of the same lawsuit that the BLM Antifa people filed against D.C. back in 2020 and won, between that and Ashley Babbitt's lawsuit and Donald Trump's trial, this whole January 6th narrative, is going to, and and that's why you've already got uh, uh, Jack Smith. He's already filing things with the court that he doesn't want Trump to be able to, you know, talk about the security, talk about this. He don't want Trump. Basically, he's charging Trump with January sixth, but he don't want Trump to be able to put on a defense. By the way, that's what they did up in the in the in the uh, uh, Whitmer fentanyl case up in Michigan. They did that. That's the only reason some of those convictions went down. They're all being appealed because the judge wouldn't let a lot of the defense to be put on, like the confidential informants. That was the whole case. I mean, it's like, you know, just tie their hands and their arms and hands behind their back. And, you know, how are you supposed to defend a case? And that's what's happened in a lot of these January 6th cases where they've had some real lawyers that were involved or some of the people had a little money and they were able to put a real defense on the judges, these corrupt judges in D.C., actually prohibited him from putting on a lot of the evidence that would have exonerated Because they know what happened on January 6th. They know that if the whole story comes out, the whole thing blows sky high. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. By the way, based on the, the two recent public things by Biden. Here's what the Democrat platform is going to be for 2024. You ready for this? I mean, they can't run on the economy, obviously. That's in the toilet. Can't run on immigration. That's the greatest nightmare we've ever seen. They can't run on foreign policy. That's been a total failure. They can't run on anything. They've got nothing to run on. So here's what they're running on. Trump is Hitler. We want to kill babies any place, any time, any reason. And half the country is domestic terrorists and should be in prison. That's, their pla- that's the Democrat platform for, uh, for 2024. And then, believe it or not, we'll get into this later, but you got a bunch of states now, mostly Democrat-controlled states, 
They're starting to bring back, guess what? Ready, ready, ready? Mask mandates. Yep, 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 yep. Mask mandates are starting to make a comeback in a bunch of Democratic states. I told I, I told you back in 2020, man, they were never going to be able to just let this go. Oh, by the way, AOC came up with a great solution to the immigration policy. You ready for this? Now, you got to understand, AOC is the great brain of the Democratic Party, okay? I mean, when they need a big idea, when they need a big-brained idea, they call AOC because she is the big brain of the, of the Democratic Party. Here's what her solution is to the immigration party. Well, just make them all legal. Just let them in and make them all legal. There, there's their problem solved. I mean, this woman. I don't, I don't know how she ever got. I don't know how she ever got into uh, college. And then you got the Bezos propaganda post in Washington. They're going. They're going. They're. They lost a hundred million last year. They've already predicted this year they're going to lose a hundred million. Another hundred million. But they don't care. It's like CNN, MSNBC. They're propaganda outlets. They get propped up by big money people. And if they lose a hundred million, who cares? Doesn't matter. Um, by the way, the Iowa shooting last week, we now find out, no shock, I even told you that night, that we'll find out, and we found out today, the FBI was warned about the guy. They knew he was an LGBTQ activist, trans activist, and he had some issues, and he was writing weird stuff on the internet. But of course, they were too busy tracking down grandmas that were at the Capitol to worry about that. So, you know, you got more dead and injured people because the, because the uh, government didn't do their job. All right. I've got a bunch of Trump stuff I cannot get into tonight. Oh, wait. Tomorrow night, I'm going to talk to you about Fulton County DA Fannie Willis. Wait till you hear this story. I've always said Trump's got some of the best enemies in the world. God has blessed him with some of the best enemies in the world. He really has. Um, let's see, what else do I want? Oh, the State Department. We have talked a lot. I've been telling you for years now about the persecution of Christians in Nigeria, asking you to pray for him. Same thing in India. Apparently, the State Department has recently put together a database of countries who abuse human and religious rights. However, for whatever reason, who knows, sure, certainly money's got to do something with it, Secretary of State, winking, blinking, refuses to add Nigeria or India to that database of the most abusive nations regarding religious freedoms. When right now on this globe, those are probably two of the worst. China, of course, is bad. North Korea is bad. But Nigeria is actively murdering hundreds of Christians every month in that country. And if you watch this program, I've been you know, trying to keep you up to speed on that because it's been going on now for a couple of years. All right. So we got it. We, 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 we got a good chunk done tonight. I've got a bunch of Trump stuff for you tomorrow, but that's fine. It'll it'll sit till tomorrow. I got some really in in depth details about Fulton County. Let me just tell you this. I, 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 let me give you the bottom line now, okay? 
That case is going to go away. That case with against Trump and 19 other people for RICO and all that, it's done, it's over, it's gone. And I'll tell you why tomorrow night. It's done. And of course, a week from tonight, we got the uh, uh, caucuses in Iowa. Okay. By the way, you have pro-Hamas protesters again in New York tonight, blocking the Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan Bridge, the Holland Tunnel at rush hour. They arrested 300. All 300 were immediately released. Where is Tish James, the Attorney General? Where is Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA? Why aren't they involved in this? Where's the FBI? You do not have an operation like this. This well coordinated. Okay? This well put together. This well organized. Without a big organization, well financed organization. Who's running that organization? Why doesn't the FBI know? And why aren't they stopping this? Well, that's because some protests are acceptable. 592 protests in 2020 that were some of the most destructive, deadly protests we've ever had. Those are fine. Or January 6th. But January 6th was never what they what they meant. January 6th was never what January 6th people thought it was. Never was. Never was. And for those who watch this program, we started right in within a day of that happening. Starting to question things. All right. Got to get out of here. Did a good job. We got a lot of the elephant gone tonight. Okay. We got, I think we got the Trump tomorrow night and then whatever hits tomorrow. But got some great stuff tomorrow on Trump and uh, his uh, campaign and everything. So make sure you tune in. Of course, whatever we get in the next 24 hours. Right. All right. Love and care about you. Before we get out of here, if you never made a decision for Jesus, I want to give you a chance to do that right now. Because the most important decision you'll ever make in this life is whether you accept Jesus as your Savior in the forgiveness of your sins or you reject him. And that's a choice God gave you the free will to make and only you can make it. If you want to make that decision tonight, pray with me. Dear Lord, I come to you tonight asking you to forgive me of all my sins. Lord, this night I believe in my heart and confess with my mouth Jesus is my Lord and Savior. And from this moment,